Chapter Twenty Two of Grace Harlowe's Fourth Year at Overton College by Jessie Graham Flower. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Two: Kathleen's Great Moment. By five o'clock the following afternoon, the greater part of the students of Overton College had assembled in the gymnasium to learn who had won the honor pin. Every pair of eyes were fixed upon Dr. Hepburn as he rose from his seat on the platform and faced a gathering of expectant students who were eagerly awaiting his announcement. "'It is with the sincerest pleasure that I rise this afternoon to announce that after due consideration the judges appointed by the senior class play committee to pass judgment upon the plays submitted have decided in favour of the morality play submitted by Miss Kathleen West, entitled Loyal Heart, Her Four Years' Pilgrimage. It is perhaps the most notable manuscript of its kind that has come within the notice of any member of the committee during a period covering a number of years, continued Dr. Hepburn, and Miss West is to be congratulated on the merit of her remarkable literary effort. I have also been requested to say that, in the opinion of the judges, the comedy entitled A Quiet Vacation by Miss J. Elfrida Briggs was the second choice of the committee. For an instant after Dr. Hepburn's speech-seeking, a deep stillness pervaded the gymnasium. Then from all sides rose cries of, Kathleen West, Elfrida Briggs, speech, speech! Dr. Hepburn raised his hand for silence, and when quiet had been restored, he said, "'If Miss Briggs and Miss West are present, will they kindly come to the platform?' Already Elfrida's three friends were urging her forward. From far back in the gymnasium a little figure was seen to separate itself from its fellows and come hesitatingly forward. When Kathleen West reached the platform and faced her audience, she eyed them composedly, although her face grew very white. Then she began speaking in a clear, resonant voice. "'I thank you for the honour you have conferred upon me,' she said, bowing to the committee. "'And to you,' she bowed to her audience, "'for your tribute of appreciation. I should like to say that in creating the character of Loyalheart, I have not drawn upon my fancy.' and I know that the many lovable qualities with which I have endowed my heroine are to be found in the girl who served as my inspiration. I refer to Miss Grace Harlowe of the senior class, whom I consider the ideal Overton girl. Kathleen's voice trembled slightly on the last sentence. Then she walked quickly down the aisle, accompanied by a burst of applause that made the great room ring. Grace had listened to Kathleen's little speech with unbelieving ears. Could this be the antagonistic Kathleen West of a few weeks ago? What had wrought this marvellous and unlooked-for change? That Elfrida had won second honours had been forgotten. The attentions of the students were focused on Kathleen. Now repeated calls for Harlowe, Grace Harlowe, sounded. Emma Dean and Arline escorted her to the platform. I thank Miss West for the honour she has done me, and I thank all of you she said with a sweet seriousness that went straight to the hearers' hearts. Although I'm afraid I can't lay claim to the splendid qualities Miss West has attributed to me, the knowledge that she has thought me worthy is doubly dear. 
Then Grace hurried to her place very near to tears, while Miriam affectionately pressed her arm on one side, and Anne on the other slipped her hand into that of her friend, and thus the three listened to Elfreda's speech. "'That's about the most satisfactory general meeting I've ever attended,' remarked Emma Dean in Miriam's ear, as they stepped outside to the campus, where groups of girls had halted with a view to hailing their respective friends as they passed. "'I was never more astonished in my life,' returned Miriam in guarded tones. "'As for Elfreda, she can't believe that she won second honours. She insists there must have been a mistake.' "'It was a general all-around surprise, I believe,' confided Emma. "'I never dreamed that Kathleen West entertained any such feeling for Grace, and I don't imagine anyone else did, either. When is the honour prize to be presented to her?' "'On the night of the play.' Now that it is all settled, the committee had better bestir themselves. "'You are on the play committee, aren't you?' asked Emma instantly. "'You needn't remind me of it,' laughed Miriam. "'I hadn't forgotten it, and it is plain to see that you hadn't. Elfreda, Anne, and Ruth Denton are on it, too. Here comes Elfreda, surrounded by admiring throng. Genius will out. I knew she would do something extraordinarily clever before she wound up her college career.' "'We can't find Kathleen West,' exclaimed Elfreda. "'She slipped out of the gymnasium so quietly that no one realized she had gone. "'We are going over to Wayne Hall after her.' "'Where is Grace?' asked Miriam irrelevantly. Elfreda made a quick comprehensive survey of the various groups of girls. "'Why, I don't see her. She was here.' Something in Miriam's expression caused her to eye her roommate sharply. Miriam shook her head almost imperceptibly. "'That's so,' returned Elfreda in a low tone. "'You never forget anything, do you, Miriam? I'll tell the girls to postpone rushing Kathleen until tonight.' Turning to the crowd of girls who had been too busy talking to notice what had passed between her and Miriam, Elfreda said easily, "'Suppose we wait until this evening after dinner, girls. Meet me at the corner below Wayne Hall at half-past seven o'clock, and we will call on Kathleen and Grace.' Miriam will engage to keep them in the house, and we'll have ice cream and cake afterward. Elfreda's suggestion was well received, and solemnly winking at Miriam, she pursued her triumphal journey across the campus, quite surrounded by her admiring bodyguard. But while her friends were discussing the outcome of the play, Kathleen West, J. Elfreda, and Grace, the last-named young woman, were speeding across the campus toward Wayne Hall. As she was about to return to her place among her friends, after making her speech, her alert eyes had seen a small, familiar figure edge toward the side door of the gymnasium, then disappear. Grace surmised that Kathleen had gone directly to Wayne Hall, and without hesitating she hurried after her. But another person who had also marked Kathleen's flight, for as Grace ran up the steps of the hall, she heard a rush of footsteps behind her and turning her head to see who was following her, stopped short, exclaiming, "'I might have known you would have been the first to go to her, Patience.' "'That is just what I was thinking of you,' smiled Patience. "'But you must go first. "'Wasn't it the most astounding announcement you ever heard? "'I am not surprised at her winning the honour pin. "'It is her change of heart that astonishes me. "'I realise that she has improved, but I never heard of anything like this.' I suspect Elfreda Briggs knows more about this miracle than she'll admit. I overheard her talking to Kathleen one night. I didn't mean to listen. I was just about to enter the room when I heard something Elfreda said and hurried off as fast as I could go. 
I think Elfreda had a hand in it, too, said Grace with shining eyes. What a glorious success she has made of her four years. Now one of us must go to Kathleen. You go, insisted Patience. I'll drop in later. Grace went into the house and upstairs, hardly knowing what to do or say. She knocked gently on Kathleen's door, then at sound of a muffled, Come, turned the knob and stepped inside. Kathleen had thrown herself face downward upon her couch, her face buried in the cushions. Without raising her head, she faltered, "'Is it you, Grace?' "'Yes,' answered Grace softly as she approached the couch on which Kathleen lay. "'I knew you would come. You and Patience.' "'Patience is downstairs,' returned Grace. "'She'll be here soon.' Kathleen raised herself to a sitting posture. Her eyes were very bright. There was no sign of tears in them. "'Grace, can you ever forgive me for all the trouble I have caused you?' she asked solemnly. "'Of course I can, Kathleen,' responded Grace, slipping down on the couch beside Kathleen and placing her arm about the slender shoulders of the newspaper girl. "'You are not the only one at fault. I blame myself for a great many things that happened. If we'd only known that you would wish to be in the circus, we never thought of citing you, Kathleen.' "'I know it now,' rejoined Kathleen sadly. "'But I was furious with you at the time. "'Then, too, I had made up my mind not to like you. "'I thought you priggish and narrow-minded. "'I didn't understand college in the least. "'I was ready to ride over every Overton tradition "'for the sake of having my own way. "'Patience was the first to show me where I stood, "'and I tried to see matters from her standpoint. "'Then came the temptation to publish that Larry the Locksmith story, "'and you know the rest.' Alfreda Briggs was the one who brought me to my first realization of college spirit. She had been watching me all year and discovered that I was unhappy. She marched into my room one night and found me crying. When she left me I was happier than I had been for months. She had shown me the way to atone for some of the mischief I had made. It was she who gave me the idea for the play. I had begun a play, then had destroyed it, resolving to have nothing more to do with the contest. After Elfreda and I had our talk, I began again, and I wrote Loyal Heart. After the famous fiction dance, Elfreda came to me again. She was determined to help me. Grace's face grew radiant when Kathleen told of Elfreda's part in the affair. A great wave of tenderness for the one-time stout girl who had begun her college life at such a disadvantage swept over her. Dear old J. Elfreda, she murmured, what a wonder she is! "'There is one thing I haven't told you yet,' said Kathleen. "'You are to create the role of loyal part in my play. "'You mustn't refuse. "'It was written for you and no one else could possibly play it. "'Alfreda is going to arrange the part of it with the play committee. "'Please don't refuse, if you only knew how much it means to me.' "'Kathleen's eyes were fixed appealingly upon Grace. "'I won't refuse,' was Grace's gentle answer. I'll do it just to please you and to cement our lifelong friendship. The two girls had risen now and stood facing each other. Then their hands met in a silent pledge of friendship that was to prove faithful to the end. Loyalheart stepped into life on the fifth Friday evening after Easter, and for two hours and a half her adoring audience of Overton students hung on her slightest word or gesture. From the moment in which Loyalheart left Haven home on her four years' pilgrimage, she ceased to exist as Grace Harlowe, merging her personality entirely in that of the beautiful, 
allegorical character she was portraying. The play itself was in four acts, each representing one of the four college years. Written in the form of an allegory, it partook of the nature of a morality play, and told the story of Loyalheart's eventful pilgrimage through the land of college, accompanied by her faithful friends, honour, forbearance, silence, and good humour. Her heroic efforts to keep her four friends with her, in spite of the plots of snobbery, gossip, jealousy, frivolity, and treachery, and her readiness to extend a helping hand to diffidence, poverty, and misunderstood, result in the creation of an elusive being, known to her only as a spirit, a white-robed apparition which visits her more frequently as she approaches the end of her pilgrimage. At the termination of Senior Lane, which is separated from the highway of life by the gate of commencement, the spirit, clothed in glittering raiment, appears to Loyalheart, and she learns that in helping others and clinging to her ideals, she has fostered and nurtured a radiant growth none other than the fabled college spirit which she has ardently striven to recognize and possess. Greatly to her delight, Emma Dean had been asked to play the part of the spirit, and had exhibited real histrionic ability in the role. As loyal heart, Grace, who day after day had been painstakingly coached by Anne, left nothing to be desired in her portrayal of the role assigned to her. Ruth Denton, Gertrude Wells, and Miriam Nesbitt respectively enacted the roles of honour, forbearance, and silence, while Elfrida insisted on playing good humour, and was greeted with appreciative laughter when she appeared. The play was written in blank verse, and many of the passages were extremely beautiful. Loyalheart's farewell to Haven Home, and the revelation of the spirit to Loyalheart at the highway of life were particularly worthy of note. The speeches of good humour scintillated with wit, and the unpleasant characters in the play were peculiarly true to life. Grace took half a dozen curtain calls, and Kathleen West was also summoned before the curtain, and publicly presented with the honour pin by President Morton. It was an evening long to be remembered, and the story of Loyalheart and her pilgrimage was destined to remain in the minds of the Overton girls for many a day. It was after eleven o'clock when a very tired Loyalheart went forth on a pilgrimage to Wayne Hall, accompanied by her equally loyal supporters, who were proudly bearing numerous floral offerings, which had been handed to Grace over the footlights. "'I'm so tired,' she sighed, "'but so happy. It was a beautiful play, wasn't it?' "'And you were the nicest part of it,' said Anne fondly. "'Your portrayal of Loyalheart was wonderful.' "'And so was your coaching,' retorted Grace promptly. "'Tis far from early,' remarked Elfrida in a suggestive tone, as they halted for a moment at the head of the stairs. "'But we are all here, and I know how to make fruit punch. In fact, I got the stuff ready, thinking that it might be useful.' "'We'll be in your room within the next ten minutes,' said Grace decisively. "'Such a hospitality is not met with every day.' True to her words, ten minutes later, she and Anne were seated on the foot of Elfrida's bed, kimono-clad and smiling, while Elfrida laboured with the fruit punch. Kathleen West and Patience Elliot, who had also been invited to the punch party, were seated on cushions on the floor. Suddenly the soft tinkle of a mandolin sounded under the window, then a chorus of fresh young voices sang softly. "'Come, tune your lyre to Kathleen West!' Of all the plays, hers is the best. Long may she shine, long may she wave. Her shrine we deck with garlands brave. 
May fortune bring her world renown. To Kathleen West, girls drink her down. How perfectly sweet in them, exclaimed Kathleen, her colour rising. Hush! Miriam held up her finger. Dear loyal heart, we sing to you, a girl so brave and sweet and true. May life to you be a wondrous kind, and may you all its treasures find. May skies ne'er threaten you nor frown, till loyal heart's girls drink her down. Owing to the lateness of the play, no one at Wayne Hall had had time to retire, and hearing the music, the girls had with one accord hurried to the windows. "'Come on up, Gertrude,' called Grace into the soft darkness. "'I know your voice. How on earth did you get out of your costume? Go home for your mandolin, and manage to land under Miriam's and Elfreda's window all within half an hour.' "'That's easy.' We brought our instruments of torture with us to the play, and Elfreda agreed to have you guards in her room at the time appointed. "'There's fruit punch enough to go round and dozens of cakes,' observed an ingratiating voice over Grace's shoulder. "'We had several more verses to sing, and one for you, Elfreda. If you will ask Mrs. Elwood's permission, we will come up, sing them, and incidentally sample the punch and the cakes,' stipulated Gertrude. There were seven girls in the party of serenaders, Gertrude, Arline, Ruth Denton, the Emerson twins, Elizabeth Wade, and Marion Cummings. When the last cake had disappeared and the punch was almost gone, the serenading party sang the rest of their verses, and departed gaily, yet in spite of their gaiety they lurked in each heart the shadow of the parting that was to come all too soon. End of chapter 22